episode of Ghost Emoji. I'm Becca. I'm Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> Put some oomph in that name. I'm I'm just I'm riding the high of switching all of our episodes to a new podcasting host. It's the nervous energy radiating out of me. She is jazzed. I am jazzed. I'm doing so many things, checking so many feeds. I hope y'all can hear this. Finkies cross. Uh, we shall see. Apparently Anchor is going to be our new our new podcast home, so hopefully it all works out. Goodbye, Podbean. Smell you later. You're okay, I guess. You got the job done. Anchor is free. I can't tell you. That, I mean, that's it. It's free. Free is great. I love money. Sometimes I've been like, should we set up a Patreon? And then I'm like, I don't want to make myself sad. Well, I don't know what kind of extra content we could make. Stickers. We could make pins and then pay for them out of our own pocket and then hope that, like, all 60 of our listeners actually buy one. No one's going to buy our pins. <laughs> if, uh, I feel like we could make cool, like, cryptid pins, but they couldn't be ghost emoji branded because they'd be like, I don't know what that is, but I love Elizabeth. She's great. I do want to make an Elizabeth pen because if yeah. y'all didn't know, I make pens and I'm getting back into it this year. And uh, I actually just downloaded a new um, app to try and make them without Illustrator because fuck Adobe Illustrator. <laughs> fuck it. Right, right up its toot hole. I hate it <laughs> so much. I... Honestly, it is not intuitive. It's a piece of shit. You have to pay a ton of money for it. And then, like, half the time, it just... I hate it. <laughs> Put it on... Chisel it on my gravestone. I hate fucking Adobe Illustrator. I look forward to a beautiful Adobe Illustrator free Elizabeth pin. Me too. Fingers crossed that this app works. Because if I have to go, again, crawling back to Illustrator... I'm going to be pissed. God, we're doing so much crawling. I don't want to crawl back to Podbean, and you don't want to crawl back to Adobe. God, I fucking hate Adobe. <laughs> it's just imagine, like, it's raining, and you're just crawling through the mud, <laughs> knocking on the door, just covered in grime and dirt. Like, please, I didn't sad. mean it, baby. <laughs> Take me back. Come on. Remember the old days? <laughs> Remember all those times you would section out lines that I had definitely made in one stroke? You remember that? You love that. That You're obsessed with it, please. I've got more of that, I promise. <laughs> yeah. But enough housekeeping. This week, I went hard in the paint. I did so much research, and I'm so proud of myself. I'm sure Becca is really excited to hear me be like, these are good notes. This is some good shit. Hey, Becca, have you read these notes? I like them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mermaids and mermen. It's merfolk. It's fish people. Yeah. That's it. It's fish people. Look like people. Smell like fish. Oof. I don't know. It just came to me. I was like, I love doing sea creatures, but I feel like whenever I find them, it's really hard to find one that's prevalent enough, but also isn't one that you've heard of a million times before. And I guess mermaids kind of fall into that, but I was like, why the hell not? Why not just do a mermaid? Because I love the fact that they've been sanitized and made into these beautiful things, but 
you for sure know that the original mermaids were a rough and tumble, rowdy murder bunch. Murder fishes. And I love that. But I have uh, a, a number of sources. I've got our good old friend LiveScience.com, Mermaids and Mermen, Facts and Legends, uh, several Wikipedia articles, mainly ones just stemming off of the main mermaid article. I uh, had something from Everything Mermaid. It was an article on the first mermaid. And then uh, mm. Tales of Times Forgotten, Plenty the Elder's Bizarre Sea Creatures. I love a good Plenty the Elder aside just from... Mm-hmm. listening to Sawbones. So the fact that he's going to be in our podcast, wow. Wow. I'm getting ahead of myself. Holding hand with legends. I'm just, I'm too excited. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. I have listened to exactly 0.05% of Sawbones. Uh, was Plenty the Elder in the one you listened to? I don't remember. Ah, dang. Well, he's, he's something. Um... Body stuff I can't handle. Oh. Well, that's fair. Um, let's see. And then the other one is an article from the Smithsonian website. Basic stuff first. Uh, in folklore, a mermaid is an aquatic creature with the head and upper body of a female human and the tail of a fish. They appear in folklore of a lot of different cultures. Um, they pop up in Europe. They're in Asia. They're in Africa. Um, the concept of mermaids in the West was probably influenced by the sirens of Greek mythology, which originally were actually half bird-like instead of half fish, but then came to be pictured as half fish in the Christian era. Hmm. Which, that was one of the few things I didn't really delve into. I was just like, okay, Christians love the, the fish? Is it because of, like, the whole, like, Jesus fish thing? The fish symbol on the cars? Yeah. Is that why... It's, it's all full circle. <laughs> mermaids? <laughs> Finally, I understand. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Mermaids are sometimes associated with perilous events such as floods, storms, shipwrecks, and drownings. Um, And that was shipwrecks. I don't know why I said shipwrecks. (laughs) (laughs) Shipwreck. I'm just really pumped. They can also be benevolent, bestowing boons or falling in love with us humans. Human. With our big... Powerful leggies. Can't get enough. Touch my tail, human. <laughs> Touch my tail and feed me krill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, I'm just spitballing some of their, like, ugly wooden signs that they'll have in their little undersea cave dwellings. <laughs> <laughs> Stay calm and keep swimming. Stay calm and eat krill. So, a targetus. Is that, did I butcher that? That's how I would say it. Atargatus? Atargus? The first mermaid. I'll say it a, f- a few more dozen times and that'll, that'll really solidify it. Okay, so the first known mermaid stories appealed in... Let me start over. The first known mermaid stories appeared in Assyria circa 1000 BC. Atargatus was a beautiful and powerful priestess who fell in love with a human shepherd boy. Uh, because he was but a mortal, he did not survive her divine lovemaking and died. What the fuck? <laughs> it's too powerful. <laughs> oh my god. She's like an ardent yakshi. She just blew your brain. <sighs> she became pregnant with his baby, so I guess he finished before he died. R.I.P. <laughs> 
and soon became distraught and remorseful. I, okay. There's a lot to unpack in that sentence. Um, after the birth of a baby girl, Cimmeranus, on the shore, she threw herself into the ocean to drown. But she's a mermaid. She's not a mermaid yet. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Her beauty was so great that the gods did not let her die, but changed her into a mermaid. Not only did she become a mermaid, but a goddess of the seas, half woman and half fish. A targetess was depicted as having long, flowing hair like the water. She's the first mermaid. That's a dark story. Man, okay, so I thought that she was a mermaid at the beginning because I didn't, I didn't think about it. And uh, this is the origin story. I was like, how does one fuck so hard <laughs> that you kill your boyfriend? <laughs> I just I'm maybe I'm just not trying hard enough, but the death nut. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, maybe she drowned him accidentally. And that's why. But if she was on land, that's uh, she was just too powerful, too powerful. Too powerful. Yeah. Okay. But her, like, temples and stuff like that apparently would have ponds full of fishes, and the fish would know their name, and you could, like, call out to them. And of course, you're not allowed to eat them. We're not eating these fish. Nah. But fish were, like, a really big deal. I think she was also, like, a goddess of fertility or something like that. So she mm. had a, a lot of ground to cover. All right. Now it's time. Time for my boy, Pliny the Elder. <laughs> and his his merfolk stories um, am i gonna okay so question is this gonna be one of those where i'm tired of him by the time we're done talking about him or am i gonna really just be jazzed on this guy i i don't think you're gonna be tired from this i think you would be tired from his regular tirade because his whole thing is that he wrote the naturalist historia which was like this big encyclopedia of folk remedies and stuff like that and he mm -hmm. was the kind of dude that would be like, oh, you got a stomach ache? Just, like, boil a squirrel and then sprinkle some parsley into that water and then do a couple laps with that around an old oak tree and then, you know, douche it up into your body. Headache gone. Okay. But he doesn't do that here. Here he's just talking about mermaids. So in this particular instance, I will not be tired. But in general, if I were to spend more than five minutes with him, I would be tired, mm -hmm. is what you're saying, yeah. theoretically. Okay. You need a little a little coffee. You need a little something to pep you up. Yeah, okay. So, Pliny the Elder. He is a Roman author, a naturalist, a natural philosopher, a naval and army commander of the early Roman Empire, and a friend of Emperor Vespasian. He wrote the Encyclopedic Naturalist Historia, which became an editorial model for encyclopedias. It was full of a lot of stuff. Um, Pliny wrote that an embassy once sent to Emperor Tiberius to inform him that in a certain cave, numerous people had seen or heard a triton playing with a conch. Hmm. So I don't know if that's like King Triton playing on his little little shell. A triton playing on a conch. Mm-hmm. He then proceeds to explain that the corpses of so many nerids, which I guess is a sea nymph, and the way that they're portrayed looks like a mermaid, people, people fish. Uh, they washed up on the French shores that the governor of Gaul once even wrote a letter to Emperor Augustus to inform him, and Pliny said that the narrates looked exactly like they're shown in artwork, but that they are completely covered from head to toe in fish scales, not just the bottom part. And that- Even the titties? <laughs> even the titties. I mean, why would they have titties? They're fish. <laughs> yeah, they shouldn't have titties. 
Uh, once a dying Nerid washed ashore on the coast of Gaul, and the inhabitants of the coastal village heard her singing a song of mourning as she lay dying. But maybe she was just trying to lure you in, and then she would have drank your blood or something. You know how these mermaids be. Delicious. Uh, he also asserted that a merman with a human body was often spotted in the Gulf, of, the Gulf of Cadiz, and this merman would climb up onto the decks of the ship in the middle of the night, and whatever part of the ship he sat on would become so weighed down by him that it would instantly begin to sink. If he remained there long enough, the ship would actually go underwater. Ugh. What is a merman with a human body, if not a human? Mm-hmm. Sounds like this was just a dense boy who got up on the boat and was like... <laughs> I can sit whatever I want. I may not look it, but I'm heavy. <laughs> Mom wouldn't let me sit on her lap because she said I'm too heavy. She said you feel like a black hole. <laughs> Can't knock that boy over with a pail of water. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, okay. Merman may not be talked about as much, but they have an equally fierce reputation for summoning storms, sinking ships, and drowning sailors. One especially feared group, the Blue Men of the Minch, are said to dwell in the outer Hebrides off the coast of Scotland. They look like ordinary men from the waist up, with the exception of their blue-tinted skin and gray beards. So they don't look like ordinary men at all. Local lore claims that before laying siege to a ship, the blue men often challenge its captain to a rhyming contest. If the captain is witty enough, he can best the blue men and save his sailors from a watery grave. I just keep seeing the blue man group. So they like pop up and they just start drumming. <laughs> like, come on, show us what you got. I was thinking of the, I don't know if this is actually real, but isn't wasn't there like a group of people who lived in like... Appalachia or something and they had blue skin yeah it was something yeah that is true I'm trying to remember what their deal was it was either some kind of recessive gene or something that they either were getting too much or not enough of in their diet Mm -hmm. or something like that but yeah those those are real maybe we'll do an episode on that because I really want to look it up do it oh Yep, found them. There they are. It's a genetic trait. Weird. So, I tried to summarize this as best I could, which I'm realizing now is not super uh, short, but uh, I'm assuming that most people know the original story of The Little Mermaid and not just the the Disney-fied one, but just in case they don't, we're going to give you a little rundown on The Little Mermaid by Hans Christian Andersen who was like a Danish author who wrote a bunch of fairy tales and stuff like that. So there's, she just called the Little Mermaid. I don't know why they were like, let's give her a name. Ariel. (laughs) I watched that last night when I was hanging out with my dirt belly and I was like, is this research? I don't think so. But we'll just say it is. Yeah. So she lives in an underwater kingdom, but she wants to see the human world. She's real into it. And on her 15th birthday, she's allowed to go up and look. So when she goes up there, she sees a birthday celebration being held on a ship in honor of a handsome prince. And she falls in love with him immediately from a distance. They have the same birthday? I guess so. Cute. Meant to be. Meet cute. Aww. A violet storm hits, <laughs> sinking the ship. And the little mermaid saves the prince from drowning. She swims him up onto the shore and leaves him near a temple 
And she waits until some women from the temple, some ladies-in-waiting and stuff like that, come up. But the prince never actually sees the Little Mermaid, and so he doesn't know that she's the one that saved his life. He thinks that the people at the temple did. Mm. So she goes back down, the Little Mermaid, and she's sad. She's like, man, I'm in love with this human dude. What am I going to do? And she asks her grandmother about humans and her grandma's like well they have a much shorter lifespan than mermaids but they have an eternal soul whereas after 300 years mermaids just turn into sea foam and cease to exist oh okay which is where i feel like some weird kind of like christianity eternal soul starts coming in because not only does she want to get with the prince she's like man i want to get my own soul that sounds awesome i want to live eternally forever and so she goes to the sea witch and she trades her voice and tongue in exchange for a potion that will give her legs. Um, in the story, she's like, it'll make you feel like your body is being cut in half. But when you're done, you'll have legs. And so I guess, like, there's no anesthesia. There's no magical, like, whoop, I have legs. You feel your your tail, like, ripping in two into your two little leggies. Okay. <laughs> Um, the sea witch is like, you're not gonna be able to talk, but you'll be able to dance, like, way better than the average human, but it will feel like whenever you walk, like you're walking on knives, and your feet will bleed, like, all the time. But, if the prince falls in love with you, and marries you, then part of his soul will pass into you, but if he marries somebody else, then you will turn into foam at sunrise the day after. This is too much fucking shit for a 15-year-old to deal with. It, I, I mean, I don't know. She's a mermaid, so it's not like she's a human. It's like, I only got so long before I'm going to die of the plague or whatever. I got to get hitched. But it's written by a human, so. Girl, he's not yeah. worth it. He's not. <laughs> he's so cute. Worth it. So she agrees to the arrangement. She takes the potion and she swims over by the prince's palace. Um, she gets washed up on shore or whatever. He finds her and he's mesmerized by her beauty and her grace. <laughs> It must be a Taurus. Mm. Uh, soon the Little Mermaid becomes one of his favorite companions, and she follows him on all of his outings. This part of the story was actually kind of sweet, because, like, they hang out, and he talks to her, even though she can't talk back, and he kind of, like, confines in her. And he loves to watch her dance, and she dances for him, even though it is excruciating. <laughs> like, every step feels like agony. The parents, uh, prince's parents encourage him to marry a neighboring princess, but he's like, nah, I can't. I'm going to tell my little mermaid friend that I don't love that princess. I can only marry the young woman from the temple who I think rescued me. And then he meets the princess from the other kingdom and finds out that she was the girl at the temple because she was there on like a internship or something. <laughs> Great. And the prince is like, I love you. Let's get married. And so they get hitched. They celebrate their new marriage on a wedding ship because it's in Denmark, so they just they love boats. Mm. And the Little Mermaid is super sad. She's like, hey, I sacrificed a whole bunch. I don't get to live with my family. I'm going to turn into foam. My feet fucking hurt. And she's like, I'm just going to die. This fucking sucks. And then her sisters like pop up out of the water before dawn. And they're like, yo, I've got a knife that the sea witch gave us. Because we gave her our hair. Because she just loves to collect stuff. Tongs and hair. She's a freak. <laughs> what is she doing with all of this? I don't know. She needs them for her potions. Gotta make more potions to make people miserable. Mm. 
Anyway, so they give her the knife and they're like, if you kill the prince and you drip his blood on your feet, you're going to turn back into a mermaid and you can just come back and live with us. We'll forget all about it. This dude sucks. Forget him. But the mermaid's like, no, I still love him. I can't do it. And so she jumps off the ship right as dawn breaks and her body turns into foam. But instead of ceasing to exist like mermaids do, she discovers that she has turned into a luminous and ethereal earthbound spirit, a daughter of the air. As the little mermaid ascends into the atmosphere, she is greeted by other daughters of the air who tell her that she is like them and because she strove with all of her heart to obtain an immortal soul and she's so selfless that they're going to give her a chance to earn her own soul by doing good deeds for mankind for 300 years, and then one day she'll rise up into the kingdom of God. Have I ever told you about how Christianity makes me really tired? Have I ever told you about that? I'm tired. I think I've heard you make mention of it once or twice. I'm fucking tired. But, yeah. 300 years? Yeah, I was kind of like, why is she in servitude? She didn't do a murder. She didn't do anything wrong. She literally danced and there were bleeding feet and her tongue is gone. Please, I'm begging you. I'm so tired. (sighs) Let's get into some more mermaid legends, y'all. Hell yeah. Come along with me, babies. So by medieval times, mermaids were depicted matter-of-factly alongside uh, known aquatic animals such as whales. Hundreds of years ago, sailors and residents in coastal towns around the world told of encountering the sea maidens. One story dating back to the 1600s claimed that a mermaid had entered Holland through a dike and was injured in the process. She was taken to a nearby lake and soon nursed back to health. She eventually became a productive citizen, learning to speak Dutch, performing household chores, and eventually converted to Catholicism. Okay, how... I don't know, because she's still a mermaid, right? I, I'm assuming. So what do they mean by household chores? <laughs> Fill up the bathtub and then bring me the laundry. Bring the laundry oh. over to the tub and I will fold it as I luxuriate in my water that I need to live. Uh, it just makes me think of, did you ever play the, I'm trying to if it was Islands of Happiness or which one it was, but there was a... Harvest Moon game mm-hmm. where you could marry a mermaid, and I for sure did. I think I borrowed your copy, but didn't play it, and then gave it back to you. So you didn't get to marry the mermaid? No, I want to marry the mermaid, but I think I was just at a point in my life where I was really dedicated to Animal Crossing, and I could not do both. Could not make room in your heart? I couldn't. I could only farm and be content so long. But yeah, she just, like, hangs out in your duck pond or whatever. Nice. This is mm-hmm. my wife's pond that she lives in. <laughs> Don't throw any trash in it. I'll get pissed. She will, too. <laughs> she will drown you. She'll drown you. So, uh, the Ryuji Temple in Fukuoka, Japan, is said to house the remains of a mermaid that washed ashore in 1222. Its bones were preserved at the behest of a priest who believed the creature was a good omen for the nation. For nearly 800 years, the bones had been displayed, and water used to soak the bones was said to prevent diseases. Only a few of the bones remain, and since they have not been scientifically tested, their true nature remains unknown. Yeah, they asked the guy, they were like, do you want to test them? And he's like, isn't it more fun if we don't know? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't isn't it 
it more fun? Don't you think that would be more fun if we just, like, let it be a mystery? Yeah, I love mystery. Let's be bad. Let's just leave <laughs> Let's it. Let's be bad. Uh, so the Ryuji Temple is not the only holy place in Japan to have a mermaid relic. One of the oldest known mermaid shrines in Japan is at uh, Fujinomiya near Mount Fuji, reports Atlas Obscura. The temple at Tensho Kyosha is a mermaid mummy purported to be over 1,400 years old. The mermaid was once a fisherman, and according to local mythology, he was transformed into a beast because he deigned to fish in protected waters. That's a no-no. Don't do it. The punishment made the mermaid see the error of its ways, and it asked a prince to display its remains to serve as a lesson and a warning to others. And there he is. Beautiful. He looks crusty. Yeah. I just wonder, like, what what was he? I don't know. Like, what what kind of a... Because that's how they make these, right? They just kind of, like, put things together to make them look like stuff? Or what, what animal could that be that they were like, we found this and it looks like... A people mermaid. I mean, all it would take is like a, there are certain fish that have weird like faces that, I mean, I don't feel like it would take a whole lot to make a fake or just like all it takes is a fish with some sort of different formation that looks slightly human. And I don't know. Think about my next side hustle. Fake mermaid <laughs> corpses. Hell yeah. I'm going to call it mermaid bones. <laughs> oh, you're going to sign up for those um those classes where you can learn how to do... It's what my family's house is covered in. Bricks? No. No, all the dead animals. Oh, taxidermy? Yeah, you're going to take some taxidermy classes? Oh, I guess I would. All right, well, this is my new gig. I can't wait. This is Taylor now, okay? <laughs> can't wait to find dead things in the wild. This is Taylor 2020. It's a whole new decade. Taylor is delving deep into taxidermy. There's nothing wrong with taxidermy. It it squeaks me out just because, like, my dad hunts and we have literally, like, three dead bear carcasses in my family's home and I am not someone who eats meat, really, so it bothers me personally, but... I get that taxidermy is an art, and, you know, it can be used for good. I just have mostly seen it used for evil. This is a lovely room of death. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, do you want me to keep going? Um, I'll do this one, because it's got a real shithead in it. Okay. I forgot about this guy. Another mermaid encounter, once offered as a true story, is described in Edward Snow's Incredible Mysteries and Legends of the Sea. A sea captain off the coast of Newfoundland described his 1614 encounter. Captain John Smith of Jamestown... Really? ...saw a mermaid swimming around with all possible grace. She had large eyes, a finely shaped nose that was somewhat short, and well-formed ears that were rather too long. I don't know if that means she had, like, elf ears or if she had long lobes. Mm. Whatever... Smith was into it because he's a perv, and he was like, her long green hair imparted to her an original character that was by no means unattractive. In fact, Smith was so taken with this lovely woman that he began to experience the first effects of love, which I will take to mean he got an embarrassing boner in front of all of his friends. Ew. Go to hell, John Smith. (laughs) Gross. As he gazed at her before his sudden realization that she was a fish from the waist down. 
get wrecked. Uh, by the 1800s, hoaxers churned out fake mer- Aw, man, someone's already doing this? Fuck. Aw, dag. I knew that. I did these notes. I'm just pretending. <laughs> <laughs> did you believe it? That's my new side hustle, is lying. 2020, new Taylor. She's a liar. Uh, by the 1800s, um, hoaxers churned out fake mermaids by the dozen to satisfy the public interest in these creatures. The great showman P.T. Barnum displayed the Fiji mermaid in the 1840s, and it became one of his most popular attractions. People paid 50 whole cents, hoping to see a long-limbed, fishtailed beauty. Instead, they saw a grotesque, fake corpse. It was just a few feet long. It had the head, torso, and limbs of a monkey, and the bottom part of a fish. To modernize, it was an obvious fake, but it fooled and intrigued many at the time. Because apparently... In the olden days, we were all fools. They paid 50 cents to seem like a bunch of dumbasses. Yeah. I mean, I paid like 10 tokens at the state fair to look at a really small horse that one time. And it was a kind of small horse, but it really wasn't like a tiny, tiny horse. So all you got to do is uh, make a good case for it, I guess. Why people always fucking lying? Why <sighs> fucking lying? Modern mermaids? Question mark. Could there be a scientific basis for the mermaid stories? Some researchers believe that sightings of human-sized ugong animals, such as manatees and dugongs, may have inspired merfolk legends. These animals have a flat mermaid-like tail and two flippers that resemble stubby arms. They don't exactly look like a typical mermaid or merman, but many sightings were far were from far away, or mostly the body was submerged in water, only parts of their bodies were visible. Identifying animals in water is inherently problematic since eyewitnesses, by definition, are only seeing a small part of the creature. A glimpse of a head, arm, or tail just before it dives under the waves might have spawned some mermaid reports. Modern mermaid reports are very rare, but they still happen. For example, in 2009, there was a report that a mermaid was sighted off the coast of Israel in the town of Kiryat Yam. It performed a few tricks for onlookers before just just before sunset, and then it disappeared for the for the night. It was like, all right, that's enough. That's all for me. You've been a great crowd. Bye. Bye. I'll be here all week. <laughs> I hope it did like a bunch of yo-yo tricks. Oh, I hope so too. <laughs> Want to watch me walk the dog? <laughs> it's got like a little light up yo-yo. Yes. One of the first people to see the mermaid, Shlomo Cohen, said, I was with friends when suddenly we saw a woman lying on the sand in a very weird way. At first, I thought she was just another sunbather, but when we approached, she jumped into the water and disappeared. We were all in shock because we saw she had a tail. The town's tourism board was delighted with their newfound fame and offered a $1 million reward for the first person to photograph the creature. Unfortunately, the reports vanished almost as quickly as they surfaced, and no one ever claimed the reward. Aw, oh, dag. Darn. Uh, in 2012, an Animal Planet special, Mermaids, The Body Found, renewed interest in mermaids. Did it really? Okay. It, <laughs> do you remember this? Do you remember mermaids? Do. Oh my god, I haven't thought about mermaids in like forever. <laughs> no, no, but this, this special. Mm, okay. So... It presented the story of scientists finding proof of real mermaids in the oceans. It was fiction, but presented in a fake documentary format that seemed realistic. The show was so convincing that the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration received enough inquiries following the TV special that they issued a statement officially denying the existence of mermaids. That's amazing. 
I know. Well, I remember people were freaking out. This is like uh, that one thing we did. We did an episode on it. Uh, was it? A ghost Watch? Ghost Watch, yeah. That's what it reminds yeah, me of. It's kind of like a Ghost Watch, War of the Worlds kind of thing. Some people just want to watch the world burn. They just want to see a mermaid. Fair. Just really like mermaids. This is my passion. Did you ever have a mermaid phase? Mm, as a kid, maybe, yeah. I remember whenever I would swim in my grandma's pool, I would always like cross my legs at the ankle. And then that way I could like see my shadow on the bottom of the pool. And I was like, look, I've got a fin. Hey, grandma, come look. Come look at this. And she's probably just like, all right. Okay. God, how many flashbacks can you have of being a kid and being like, come look at this. And it's something really lame. And you're like, that adult, God bless them, had to pretend. Was, she was a saint. That, Thank you. <laughs> that it was not. Thank you, Nana. A fucking... <laughs> irritation to just come up and be like yeah wow i don't know how they did it i really loved the little mermaid i was out here brushing my hair with a dingle hopper or whatever good old fork good times i know that was one of the things we didn't get from my grandma's house i swear i set it aside but it drove me crazy because it was a an old like book full of like children's stories and it had some really cool illustrations in them and one of them was the little mermaid like the hans christian anderson one and I, I put it somewhere, and then I went to come get all the stuff that I was taking from my grandma's house up to our house, and it's gone. The fuck? I know. Well, that's one of those things where when you move, you go through everything. So it just makes me wonder, where did it go? Because <laughs> we took everything out of my grandma's house, and then we took everything out of my parents' house. So in one of those big cleanouts, it had to be there. But... It never showed back up, which is a real bummer. That's sad. It is sad. But I got a lot of other cool stuff, so I will live somehow. Somehow. Not like the Little Mermaid, who did die, but then got to hang out for 300 years. And do penance for nothing. (laughs) For absolutely fucking nothing. Mm. For falling in love with the wrong man. Who hasn't done that? God. Men. (laughs) Blue men. Blue. Mermen. Blue men. People men. People, men, mermen. Nothing but trouble. Have you watched anything cool? Done anything fun? Uh, Last night we watched Us, finally. How did you like it? It was spooky. Ryan liked it because there weren't any pop-out scares, because that's what really freaks him out. But it was still, you know, scary and tense and stressful. But, like, I thought it was also really cool just that they got to play, like, each actor got to play, like, a different version of themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. And um, I loved the music. The music was so good. And also, uh, <laughs> Tim Heidecker. <laughs> God. His, his counterpart doing the weird, like, was so fucking eerie. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> well, that was the thing that kind of, like, it almost took me out of it because my husband Mark consumes a lot of Tim Heidecker content. And I thought about asking him if he wanted to come and see it with me when I went. I think I saw it with my mom or something instead. But I just, I always am so used to seeing him in comedy stuff that even when he's trying really hard to be like, I'm going to try and be as inhuman and spooky as possible. I'm just like, Tim, you, you jokester. Where's spaghetti, huh? <laughs> Where's spaghetti? Uh, what if that was his, his oh counterpart no. is just spaghetti? Spaghetti? That's all he says. Juice? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, the the like the cello cover of the uh 
I got five on it that they play during that one part at the end. It's very beautiful and scary. Spooky. Yes. It's good. It's on, I think it's on Spotify and I definitely uh, do listen to it every, every once in a while because I'm like, man, that was good. That was so good. Is it streaming somewhere? Uh, yeah, it's on HBO Now and Go. Nice. Yeah. So we watched that. Otherwise, that's really all I've I've been uh, doing. I finished Control last week, at least the main story part, which is a video game where you end up in a big, constantly altering building called the Federal Bureau of, of Control, and you play a lady named Jessie Faden, and you're trying to find your brother who was taken by these people, like, you know, it was like 15 years ago or 17 years ago or something like that. It definitely has kind of some cosmic horror elements. There were a few points, like, where I would just get nervous because, you know, monsters wouldn't necessarily pop out, but they just look kind of creepy. And just the idea of all of these, like, weird altered objects that they keep in the building. Like, there's a... I don't know, you read a lot of reports where it's just like like a fridge that if you stop looking at it, will kill you. <laughs> but it kind of plays on the whole element of like, you know, you put your family photos and stuff like that on the, the fridge and, and the fridge just really likes being looked at. And if you don't look at it, it gets antsy. <laughs> so that's the kind of weird horror in quotation marks that you do in it. But it was really good. I finished the main story and... My main complaint is that there is, I feel like, a big jump between difficulties on some of the side quests. And so I finished the main part and I'm going in and trying to do all these fun side quests that I'm very interested in, but I cannot beat them. (laughs) And I'm not the best at video games, but I'm not bad. So I'm kind of frustrated that I'm having such a hard time, even though I'm at the end of the game and I've leveled up a bunch and I still can't do it. Damn. It's really good. I would play it. If you can, I think it's on a bunch of different platforms and it has really good music. The two songs are great. Yeah, yeah I'll say they, there has a, a bunch of other music in it that's good, but I've definitely uh, had Becca listen to these two songs in the car and she's a great sport and she likes them too. Mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> but one of them is called Take Control and it plays during this really, really cool part towards the end where you're in this ashtray maze and I don't know it's really hard to describe but just the way that they did the music with it it gets you super super pumped and I can't stop thinking about it and I can't wait for Becca to play it and I hope that I'm there when she gets to that part so we can just be pumped together because eventually I will give her the game I swear to god I will remember to bring it. When you were like, you guys should play it. And I was like, I would if someone would remember to fucking bring it. Stop yelling at me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I'm, I, do, I do want you to play it. And I hope you have a good time. Because it's not really scary, but it has like a really cool kind of Twin Peaks, X-Files kind of weird vibe, like, vibe yeah. to it. Yeah. That sounds really good. And... Everything I've heard about it has been positive, so I am excited to play it. I am also excited to play the expansion DLC for Fire Emblem Three Houses. I want to play that fucking sewer house. <laughs> I'm oh, all God. about it. 
Where have they been? In the sewers. <laughs> the world is on fire. Everybody is dying. And they're just like, ha I'm hiding out of the sewers, bitch. <laughs> I love I'm it. not about to deal with all y'all's bullshit. I'm just going to hang out here under Gehrig Mott. Ryan was like, it makes no sense. And I was like, I love it. I love it. I just, I'll eat it with a spoon. I love it so much. You know, a ton of stuff in Fire Emblem doesn't make sense. That's- and you know what? It doesn't matter. I mean, that's Fire Emblem's bread and butter is shit doesn't make sense. That's anime's bread and butter is like, I heard you wanted this to make sense. It doesn't. Just deal with it. <laughs> okay. You know I will. When does that come out? I'm not actually sure. My only, I'm bummed because it's kind of expensive, but I'm hoping that it means it's big. I would think so. If they're adding like an entire other house, I'm wondering if you can play as them from the beginning or if it's you have to beat the game and then you can play as them. It's such a small house. I don't know if you could actually, like, play as them. I think you would probably still have a main house and then they kind of, like, get adopted in. Because there's only, like, four people in it. Yeah. I don't... I don't know. I guess we'll see. I don't actually know anything about it other than what I've seen on Twitter. Because the thing about me is I get too excited and anxious about things coming out. So I don't... I don't even want to know, like, when it's coming out. Because half the time, I just am doing the countdown. And so it's just easier for me to be like, it'll be here someday. And then someday arrives. And I'm like, it's today? Hot dog. Everyone's like, I'm playing. I already beat it. And you're like, oh, man. Oh, boy, it's here. Yippee. Yippee. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm hoping. I I hope it came out on time. I hope there are no hiccups with our, our podcast switching. And if there are any hiccups... Please be sure to let us know. We'll we'll be monitoring, but uh, don't be afraid to reach out if all of a sudden our stuff just uh, sounds weird or isn't uploading or is acting out. You can email us at ghostemojipodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ghostemojishow. And that's pretty much most of our social stuff. Hopefully our anchor switch will go good. <laughs> Fingies crossed. Fingies crossed. Did we get any emails or comments or reviews or anything to talk about? Nah. Uh, I want you all to know that I care very deeply about you. I know I don't act like I do because I like to uh, emotionally distance myself from people I care about, but I do care. This is disgusting. (laughs) She's like, God, why did I say all this? I do care, and I feel bad because I was thinking about the email we got a while back. Um... Someone emailed about, like, moving cross-country and being like, oh, it was so nice to listen to you guys. And, like, that really, like, touched me deep inside. I was like, damn, that's very nice. And instead of saying that, I was just like, okay. (laughs) So (laughs) I just want to say it was very nice. And I'm glad that we could be there for you. And I hope that you're settling in well. Same. It's fine. Becca's like, stop feeling. Stop Stop feeling. feeling. Shut it down. (laughs) 2020 year of feelings. I'm proud of you. Moving cross country is fucking hard. Keep keep it going. Okay, well, I'm done spilling my guts. Let's go. <laughs> well, and uh, until next time, <laughs> to spill your guts. Spill them all over everything. Yuck. <laughs> uh, always remember to say goodbye. Goodbye. What if the guts are full of spaghetti? That's extra bad. Mm, that makes me hungry.